0: Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Full show today. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory with the all-important Sunbury Motors guarantee, terrific. Service department, that backs it up every step of the way. Routine, difficult they handle it all at Sunbury Motors 4th Street and Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at SunburyMotors.com. All the uh, suit segments are brought to you by the law firm of Dewey Cheatham. And how? What? No? I wasn't supposed to mention that? <laughs> <laughs> Tony Knopp today, 135. Jody Mack, 205. King at 235. It's a full show. It's
1: a lot of button pushing.
0: Ah. Oh. <laughs> and here we go. Here we go. Right now, here come the complaints. Yep. Here come the complaints. <laughs> all right. Go ahead. Lay it all out now. Ah, we'll get a hold of your union. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's
0: probably the suit, too. (laughs) I forgot. We're like the the company store. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, you were able to get this paycheck. And by the way, you have to buy all your gear here. Okay, good. I feel great. All right. So let's uh, get to um, the... uh, college football playoff proposal of 14, you knew darn well that you were going to get an expansion beyond 12. So what they want to do is they want to go to 14. Okay. That's fine. You know? I mean, to me, I think eventually it's going to be 16, but 14 would mean the top two would get um, would get buys under a 14 proposal. There's also another um, side to this that is not mentioned in the proposal and that is they want to take the New Year's Six Bowl games and make them all at large so that you don't have the tie-in of the SEC to the Sugar Bowl, you don't have the tie-in of the ACC to the Orange Bowl, Big Ten to the Rose Bowl, so forth. Okay, It would make them all at large. Now, what that would do is that, like the NCAA basketball tournament, the number one overall seed in the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament gets to choose what region they're in. All right. Well, in this case, the number one overall seed would select which bowl game they want to be in in the quarterfinals. So if you're LSU, you'd probably you'd probably want to play in the Sugar Bowl if you're the number one overall seed. If you're Georgia, you want to play in the Peach Bowl if you're the number one overall seed. If you're USC, you'd want to be in the Rose Bowl if you're the number one overall seed. But they would get to pick. But the proposal as it stands now, and they're not done yet because they have to get to the financials and, and so forth, that go with this. Um, But they want to go three automatic bids SEC, three automatic bids Big Ten, two for the ACC, two for the Big 12, one for the group of five, and then after that, you'd have three at-large bids. So that would be, what, six... 10 11 yep 3 at-large bids and Notre Dame by the way would be in that at-large category if they're good enough that means 2 at-large from other conferences now I think it's eventually going to get 16 and the SEC and the Big Ten are going to get 4 each that's me and there's a reason for this like oh no it should just be now police. Exactly, which two teams in the Big 12 do you want? Remember, Texas and Oklahoma are not a part of the Big 12. They will be in the SEC. They have been replaced by Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. That's a nice conference. But, okay, but that's a that is when you're talking about 1A and 1B, they're a 1B. I called up earlier today just to take a look at different schedules. And when I called up the USC schedule for the heck of it, figure I wouldn't use Penn State. I'd take USC. And compared it to Florida State, Clemson and Iowa State, it's under the category of "You have to be kidding me." Remember, the SEC added in Texas and Oklahoma. Did that conference, Todd, get better? Yes. Much. Okay? The Big Ten added in USC, Oregon, Washington, and UCLA. Did the Big Ten get tougher? Yes. The ACC added in Cal, Stanford, and SMU. Did they get tougher?
1: They got bigger, but not tougher.
0: <laughs> exactly. And the Big 12 lost Texas and Oklahoma and added in Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, to go with what they already had of Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, and BYU. They got bigger, but did they get tougher? No. No, that's exactly my point. That's why 3-3, three, 2-2, three, two, two, 1, no, you deserve one. And then you just jump into the at-large pool. I mean, I was looking at USC schedule. They not only have to have a non-conference game with Notre Dame, but they're playing at Michigan, I mean, they still have washington on there I mean, it's you're looking at it going holy cow that is a tough schedule that they have to play if you finish in the top 4 in the big 10 i'm sorry now there's there's a chance though the number 4 team of the big 10 is going to be in that large team but guaranteeing two spots to the big 12 really Guaranteeing two spots to the ACC, really?
1: Honestly, I see it, I can see it more with the SEC or the ACC, just because of some of their older programs, than I can with that version of the Big Twelve.
0: Well, which older programs, though? Well, I mean Clemson I mean, and
1: Florida State. Oh, well,
0: Clemson and Florida State—that's two. but I'm talking about the rest of it. Yeah. I mean, really, Pit Pitt? I mean, come on, <laughs> really? No. Uh,
1: We both went for the same joke. Yeah. (laughs) Come
0: on. You have to be, I mean, you sit back and go, really? Uh, Man, it's just, uh, there are 18 schools that comprise 50% of the television viewership, which we've gone through. We've, We've talked about this before, okay? Um, But let's at least get back to that, all right? Just so everybody, as a reminder, eight of them are in the SEC. Seven are in the Big Ten. Yes, that includes Penn State. There are only two from the ACC, Florida State, Clemson, and the other one is Notre Dame. Okay, uh, over here in the back, which Big 12 teams are in there? I mean, come on. This is being set up in such a way where, you know, you're saying, do you use TV ratings to determine who's in or out? No, I'm not saying that. But look, I'm sorry, there needs to be a level of desirability about this because Liberty played Oregon last year in the Fiesta Bowl. How intently did you watch uh I looked to see if
1: they had if Liberty had a chance I think it was 14-0 early and I didn't go back.
0: Yeah, I saw the opening drive when they have no chance, we're done. <laughs> um so it was wow.
1: Now, yeah, you know, they're not TV's not paying over a billion dollars to get SMU and uh Cal and Cal in a quarterfinal. No, either.
0: that's exactly right. Now, look will it it be great if there's some sort of upset like that? Sure because this has not lent itself to upsets to this point now the the financial distribution, I guess they're actually closer on the financial distribution of this, the night commission wants them to put money into some NCAA initiative, you're like "Uh, yeah, okay, sure
1: is the NCAA even going to be around by the time this contract's over?
0: Well, the NCAA, this is, and I've pointed this out many times, does have a purpose. And that is the ability to run championships, which is a pain in the neck, and they do it. Alright? And And oversight. But that's... That's it. And the Knight Commission... uh, And part of the reason that the Knight Commission recommended is because of lawsuits like legal fees. Uh, I'm sorry, but no. Uh, On your legal fees, that's your fault. Because you apparently, from 30,000 feet... Don't seem to have anybody in on the legal team that you have hired that has any concept of what uh antitrust law is I mean, is there anybody I have to, because I you know you guys wanted to you're that what Bucknell hosted that thing earlier in the week, yeah, right, and like you know we didn't get anybody, but like the one person I was not going to talk to was Donald Remy. <laughs> Okay, because his name was involved in the Penn State thing, and I was not going to talk to him. Right? It would not have gone well on air for him. <laughs> okay. So I figured we'd avoid it. But these guys, every time they go to court, I mean, it's, it's only everybody look, kind of looks over and goes, "Yeah, okay." Uh, I don't think uh, this is going to work. Um, they they don't win. I mean, I can't recall a single time the NCAA won.
1: I think when I I think when that ruling came down in the Tennessee thing at the end of last week, I think the article I read said that they were over. So I don't think oh. you are going to think of any time they won.
0: No, the Tennessee thing—they're going to keep losing on appeal and so forth. They just not—it's not going to get—it's not going get, to happen. Um. Now, are they still around in the end? I mean, there'll be some form of it, because they still have to run the NCAA basketball tournaments. Now, after 2032, when the TV contract with Turner and CBS runs out, what happens then? Because you notice that that all-encompassing contract that includes the women's tournament also runs out in 2032.
1: Steve, I have Dick from Milton. He has a quick question.
0: Hey, Dick, how are you? Now go. Hello, Hello Dick, how are you? Hello, Dick. How are you? Dick, there he is. I'm telling you, there's our guy. How are you? Can you hear me? Yes, I can.
2: I was listening to you going over the uh, football on the 14-16. So my question to you, how long... How long do you think Notre Dame stays as an independent in football? I mean, obviously, they play in conferences and every other thing.
0: If they can get themselves into the top 14 as an independent, the only thing they can't do is get a first round bye. Other than that, they have a spot at the table as to where they are now. The question is how are you being scheduled? So let's take USC as an example, because this is a great question, Dick. USC now has to play Penn State, Michigan. That's this year to go with Washington and so forth. Do they want to keep playing Notre Dame because their schedule just got tougher? Uh, that's, That's a question. Now the ACC, here's the other part. The Notre Dame fans are not crazy about playing ACC teams. They do have Florida State this year. But everybody else doesn't get the populace excited. So they have to make a decision moving forward about where they are in all this. And that part, I'd only be guessing. I think they're going to do everything they can to stay independent. And because they still have a seat at the table. The only thing they can't do right now under the 12-team proposal or the 14-team proposal is to get a first-round buy. But remember, their former athletic director, Jack Swarbrick, was on the four-person committee that crafted the 12-team proposal, so he agreed to it.
2: Well, the only, the only reason I'm questioning this is, is with everybody, literally every major school is part of the conference now other than them, how hard, would, how hard will it be to craft a decent schedule, football schedule? That's my well, question.
0: They, they already have the five games with the ACC, so they've got part of that done. The question is going to be moving forward as to whether they can keep Stanford. Now Stanford's part of the ACC, uh, but can they keep USC on there? That's a swing game for them. And you and I both know that there are a lot of schools out there that would like to schedule Notre Dame. The right, question I is, that, right? The question is... But you don't, replace,
2: D- you don't replace Southern Cal with Liberty. I'm sorry.
0: Ex- exactly. And you're absolutely right, Dick. You're spot on. Because that's going to be the problem. What is your strength of schedule when it's all said and done? And is it enough? Now, I think it can be enough... If there are 14 or 16 available, and with three at-large spots, yeah, it can be done. Uh, And they still have the cachet of being Notre Dame, for whatever that's worth. Which I think to a lot of people is still worth a lot. But I think you make a great point about how do you schedule if other schedules got so difficult, there's no room at the end for you.
2: That that was kind of my question, and and do they make it? I guess they do. They must make plenty of revenue off that independent schedule in their contract TV contract.
0: They they do okay with it. They they don't do as well as any of the Big Ten schools or the SEC schools. They don't. Even their college football playoff cut is less. It was three point four million last year. Big Ten schools got over seven. You know, so and I'm not. I mean, mean seven. So what's the
2: impetus to stay there? Just stubbornness.
0: Well, I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head.
2: <laughs> well, I guess my I guess my point was everybody talked about them being as part of the Big Ten for a long time,
0: and the faculty senate voted yes to do it, but they wanted to maintain independence in football. That's been their stance, and everybody else from the Big East to now the ACC has said, "Hey, join our party," uh, and. And we'll let you stay independent in football. And so they have, they have continued to do that. But I think at some point, I agree with you, Dick, they may have to join the conference party. My guess is it won't be until the end of the decade.
2: Well, that was my question. I appreciate the answer. Thanks so much, Steve.
0: Thank you so much. Great questions by Dick. All right, Tony Knopp next here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, fourth straight in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Ummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory. Great pre owned inventory with the all important Sunbury Motors guarantee and a terrific service department that backs it up from routine to difficult all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com To say I look forward to this segment uh, every time we do it would be an incredible understatement Uh, It's time to bring back uh, the great one himself from the coast, and that is Tony Knopp. Tony, welcome back, my good friend. It's been too long. How are you guys doing? Doing really well. How about you? I'm good.
3: I'm good. There's a lot to talk about. It's crazy. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, there is a lot to talk about.
3: we uh, 14 team CFPs now. we spent our whole life just trying to get more than two, and now we've got 14.
0: That's why I said to Jim Delaney when they went to four. Uh, I said, a lot of people are talking about expansion beyond this. I said, I remember how hard it was for you to get to. And he started laughing. He says, he says, you and I can continue this conversation because you understand. I said, yes. Uh,
3: uh, we spent our whole lives, a couple of games of the centuries, trying to figure out who the real champion was, right? And now right. now it's, 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 it's evolving.
0: Well, so let's, let's talk about that for a moment, because the discussion point to go to 14 – is for them to have three automatic bids, Big Ten, three automatic bids, SEC. And it doesn't mean that they can't get four teams in. Right. Because right. that would be in the at-large. But two for the, S- two for the Big 12 and two for the ACC, then one group of five. Tony, I'm going to schedule. Scat- and,
3: and one for Notre Dame, which F- is Notre- so ridiculous, because they have to finish in the top 14. And you're telling me that if they're at sixteen. The human error is not going to move them up to fourteen. Uh, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Good for yes. Notre Dame.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. All right, and I'm glad you brought that up. But I'm going through USC schedule today for the upcoming season,
2: <laughs>
0: and, I'm look, and I'm looking at Florida State's schedule for the upcoming season. And you're telling me that if USC finishes fourth, they don't get an automatic bid. Florida State finished the second. They do, and I'm sorry yeah. that does that doesn't work for me because I went through the schedules.
3: And it, you know that's that's the big problem. I think I read yesterday coming out of the meeting that strength of schedule is the biggest concern now because, you know, you have programs out there. I'm a USC grad. One of the little known things about USC is I think there's only a handful of programs who have never played um, a football subdivision team. They've only played. You know, Division One, you know, football championship, the the top division, and that that's what I see is, and Notre Dame was a lot of that too. And I think the concern here is if it's going to become an expanded playoff, top three get in, guaranteed bid. Now you're going to start manipulating your schedule and saying the non-conference games don't matter then, because all that matters is for me to qualify as a top three out of my out of my conference, right? And so I don't I don't need to play the out-of-conference game anymore. And if you think about it, um, it's actually the complete opposite driver for like a Notre Dame. So if you're USC, you've been playing Notre Dame for 100 years, now you're looking at your schedule and saying, okay, we're traveling across the country multiple times a year. Uh, Our number one priority to extend into the postseason, which has significant financial benefits, but also has financial benefits beyond what they get paid by the CFP. I think I was reading the other day that every time a team makes the CFP um, admission enrollment applications go up, I think it was like 22%. Yep. Right? So it it, it, it it impacts the entire university beyond the athletic department. So when we look at that and we say, okay, you participate in the CFP, you're making $20 million extra or whatever, that seems like a lot of money. But you're also getting tens of millions, if not 100 million in exposure for your university and your... Um, Applications are going up, your donations are going up. And I, I read something else that said that it was uh, in the Wall Street Journal, it said it was something like every two or three times a team wins a major bowl game, a new building gets built on their campus by that money. And so the concern for guys like you and I, who really love that you went to Auburn last year to kick off the season, yep. what's the incentive to do that now?
0: Right. Well, right? Right. To give everybody a, a cue. The next to last game of the season for Florida State is Charleston Southern. Right.
3: Right. And and, and Alabama's been kind of doing this for a little while. Mm-hmm. Alabama and their schedule, you look at it, they have they, they tend to put cupcakes in between their big games. And somehow they've gotten away with this, right? So they'll be they'll play an SEC game on the road, they'll play an SEC game at home. Let's say they're playing Auburn, and then they play Tennessee, and then they play, you know, whatever, the, the Steve Jones
0: accredited
3: right. University oh. of the Mountains, right? Oh, and it's like. They'll,
0: they'll play Mercer. They've played Mercer right. before.
3: They have. And and sometimes they'll play like Troy, which is an okay school, but it's not an SEC school. Meanwhile, you have teams in the Big Ten, like you're talking about with USC and others, where, you know, Penn State, our number two years ago, you guys had a murderer's row where it was something like. Michigan, Iowa, Ohio State, Sparty, Yep. in order, and three of them are on the road, right, right. That matters, and and now if you're if you're looking at calendaring games, you're maybe not going to want to go USC versus LSU in Las Vegas, which is what they did, which is crazy, right? Um, because I mean, looking at it right now, I think USC has maybe the hardest schedule I've ever seen coming up. This they,
0: year. they they play and, at Michigan, they host Penn State, they got to play Washington. It's I went through it today, and, and Notre Dame's still on there. It made yeah. me step back and go, "Wow, that was something."
3: It's. I think they've got to already. They've got to regret it. There's no way they don't regret it. They open with LSU. They have LSU, Michigan, LSU at Michigan, at Penn State, at Washington, at UCLA, at Notre Dame. And the only school on there that's not a major football program is Utah State in between LSU and at Michigan. And that's to the point that we're talking about. That's fantastic for college football. We want those games. But if you're going to give auto-bids to top three finishers and you're not going to include strength of schedule and you have to figure out how to include strength of schedule, that's going to be incredibly difficult for the game going forward. Because in the end, it's just going to be, I just need to finish high enough in my in my uh, division, so to speak. And then we can get into this 14 team playoff. And and that's, you know, I would prefer to see these, I love these non-conference games. I think it's one of the funnest parts of, of college football is getting to go somewhere new, experience the town, getting to have that entire, you know, it's great. Everybody loves it. I mean, there's people who haven't been to happy Valley. I've had the, I've had the, the blessing of being there. It's a unique experience that it would be a shame if, you know, Auburn wasn't coming there, or you know, Florida State never came to town, or you know that sort of thing. That that is the concern about this on the money side.
0: No question. And by the way, just one yeah. minor correction: Penn State goes to your place. They go. That's right. They go to
3: Penn State is the whole, sorry, Penn at SC, October no, twelfth.
0: Look, I don't want you to avoid the Friday night party and all the things. <laughs> <no>. <laughs>
3: It is bookmarked. I wouldn't All miss right. it for the world.
0: Yeah. <laughs> got, got to have you over.
3: But you guys, you guys have a quarterback, right? We've yeah. got a new guy who's played one game. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how Miller Moss is. Drew Aller's, you know, coming with a new offensive coach. Spirits are high. We'll see. We'll see what USC has for you.
0: <laughs> we did a lot of talk about the the Pac-12 and, of course, the dissolution of the Pac-12 oh. as to, as to how it ended up playing out um in the end in terms of you know looking at it is it good for college football no but i mean i will say this my job got more exciting i mean it really did <laughs> i mean seriously my job got more exciting i mean going yeah. to the coliseum usc right washington coming here basketball usc ucla combo road trip trip over to tony's place oh, i'm sorry i didn't mean to slip that in yeah uh, you're coming <laughs> But I mean, my job got more exciting. But if you're a coach, I mean, the job's got more difficult.
3: A lot more difficult. So I, I'm friends with a couple of coaches out here that are in the other sports, uh, basketball, um, girls soccer, and the like. and they're very concerned about the. Um, they're very concerned about competitive balance, and it's because of the NIL. So, NIL on the West Coast is nowhere close to what it is on the East Coast and in the Midwest. And so, I was talking to, even I was talking to Andy Enfield, the coach at USC, and he was saying that, uh, and he is a competitor, he's ready to compete with everybody. He right. was saying that, you know, Illinois' NIL collective is $3 million in uh, for the basketball team. Right. And for us, that's difficult to match at USC. And, and I think what a lot of times, Listeners don't understand when looking at how we're building a roster, and with this massive court decision last week, mm-hmm. um, you're paying for everybody on your roster now. I mean, there are guys on the roster who I could throw a name out there that people wouldn't know. I mean, your listeners probably don't know the name Drew Peterson. Drew Peterson was a fringe; um, he was a fringe guard for the USC's basketball team. Mm-hmm. Played at TCU before that. He was yep. making one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars a year to yep. play basketball at USC, and that's not enough to compete in the Big Ten when it comes to basketball because Big Ten basketball is just a different world Mm -hmm. and and that's the big concern right now as these Pac-12 teams assimilate is you know one of the big arguments in recruiting had been and and there's been a lot of write-ups about this especially since the big court case with Tennessee last week um, that you know one of the things that they pitch is we don't have to leave home right you can you can stay Mm -hmm. here if you're from Los Angeles or Fresno or whatever else and your parents can come see you play but now if you're gonna spend half your games in the Midwest, anyways, and, and look, I have no problem telling the truth. It's just a different world. The support system, the alumni system in the Big Ten, it's just bigger than it is at, in, in the in the Pac-12. Um, the only team that was close was USC, as far as you know, game day experience and alumni. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the following, we don't have anything like Wisconsin out here, where you're selling out every event. You know, right. Penn State wrestling is is incredible. We don't have mm-hmm. that. Right? right, and none of the Pac-12 schools do. We have a decent following, but we don't. With that, doesn't come the money. So this imbalance of competitiveness is going to be really interesting to watch. Because yes, the TV money is going to start making up for this. We talked about UCLA being one hundred six one hundred six million dollars in the red. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now they're break even, and they're going to get a big payday from the Pac or from the Big Ten. Washington and Oregon aren't. I think they're only getting a half share. Correct me if I'm wrong. You might know this, better. They they're only getting half. a half they're share for a few years, correct?
0: Right. They're getting a half share for the next six years.
3: That's significant. Yep. Six yep. years is a long time. Yep. Um, and you've got to try to find a way with your alumni to make up for that. And Seattle and Eugene just don't have that booster support. I mean, Eugene has Uncle Phil. But yep. it, it's difficult. And so it's going to be really, really interesting to watch how recruiting plays out over the next two to three years. Because now that whole offer that, well, you can stay in Southern California and you won't have to travel too much, that's over. right? You're going to Rutgers in November. <laughs> Enjoy right. the flight, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I can see the fans excited now. Rutgers is in town. All right. Um, <laughs> and by the way, on the point on Illinois with NIL with basketball, they lost in here last week, so they didn't get their money's worth. All right, so... Uh... I know. I know. I saw it. <laughs> That's it was amazing. a big win. It was a huge win. My bu- my uh, buddy Dave went out to the game. Flew out and I went. did. Dave should have come over and said hi, by the way. Make sure he does. I'll, knows I'll make
3: sure he does. I had dinner okay. with him last night. I'll be sure to mention it.
0: No, please mention it to him. Uh, we've talked about, the, first of all, the TV deal is... I don't think it's it's been mentioned but I don't think it's been completely finalized but they're talking about giving 700 million more than the previous deal which is 1.3 between 1.3 and 1.4 billion a year it actually is 118 million per playoff game under the 12 team format which is 8 million more than an NFL playoff game which is 110 I mean
3: it's it's, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it's $8 billion, right? It's like yep. six years, almost $8 yep. billion. Yep. And I think they extended it for almost, it's almost 10 years. I think it extends until like 2032 or
0: 2033, right? Yeah, yeah. it goes, I think it, they have two years left in the current one, and the extension's an additional six, so there's eight years to go before the whole thing runs out.
3: And I'm going to kick a dead horse just because I can, and it's right in front of me. That's <laughs> still, that's still... Before the ACC's deal expires,
0: <laughs> that's right. You know, exactly, exactly. exactly. Which is twenty thirty six.
3: It's crazy. Oh, man, what are they doing? But that's the point when we were talking about earlier, and why you were so so correct in bringing it up is like if, if there's going to be this much money going into the CFP, and there's been a lot of talk about hey, the CFP is eventually just going to take over for the NCAA. They're going to be the the you know overriding, overruling organization. And the money is going to drive it. Then again, what what incentive do you have to schedule a difficult schedule? Right. Um the NCAA is running into a lot of problems. First of all, this lawsuit that just got that just got ruled on last week, where you can just openly pay players now. I, I think they've been doing it anyways, but it's, now they've got the, the court behind them saying, "Look, just go pay players on the recruiting trail. It's fine. Kentucky I I basketball just that,
0: lost its advantage,
3: <laughs> right? <laughs> it's I think I read the other day that recruiting expenses are up twenty six percent while income to athletic departments is only up thirteen percent so the haves and the have nots are going to continue to um, it's going to continue to differentiate right like we we talked a couple of years ago about super programs and then smaller programs, and that's just the evolution of of college sports i mean. Most people don't realize that you know from 1920 to 1955, the NIT tournament was the one that really, dis- really decided the yep. national champion. The yep. NCAA so, was kind of a secondary tournament, right? And yep. you know, the 1944 Utah Utes—they lost in the NCAA, or they lost in the in one of the tournaments, and then went went and won the other one. They were a fill-in yep. for somebody who got sick. Right. Um, so I think that's the way we're headed. I think we're just headed towards you know mega conferences that are going to be governed by the CFP. Because, you know, some of these rules are getting a little bit crazy, too. The starting quarterback for Utah youth this year is 24 years old right now. Um, So he'll be 25. Yeah, in the season. He's a local boy. He's from Newbury Park here. Um, Michael Penix, you guys know him well. Um, I remember that controversial play with him in COVID with you guys. (laughs) He was 24 years old at the game last year. And they had a ruling yesterday that there's going to be a 20, there's going to be an eight-year player for basketball um, I don't remember what university it's like it's fifth school that he's on. And,
0: and there's one yeah, there's one at Miami, football, tight end. <sighs>
3: I mean, and that's and look, that's okay, but but who's going to govern this? And the problem is the NCAA is losing a lot of their um a lot of their power and their jurisdiction over this. The states are, are stripping it away. But at the same time, if the CFP is a standalone organization and financial organization, then they can govern themselves with that, right? Yes, it'll end up in court, but they can say, "Hey, look, we don't need seventh-year seniors playing in the CFP championship game, right?" Like I think Blake Corum is 23 or 24 years old, right? He is, um, yes, yes, that is That's that's significant, right? Most you know most people graduate high school when they're 18, so you know these are things that the CFP is going to have to figure out, and it just doesn't seem like they're getting a lot of backing from the court system, right? I mean, this this Tennessee thing was, did not go the way they wanted it to go. Um, EA went and tried to offer some money I think it was $600 participate yes. in the game yeah. um, for every player and you know th- that headline was a little bit of clickbait because there's still NIL deals that can be done outside of that but That's now right. we're seeing like Jackson Dart the quarterback for Ole Miss just signed a private jet deal mm-hmm. I mean there's nothing amateur about that I mean he's got no. a private jet now right. <laughs> right which good for him he should for how much money he's bringing the organization but um, it's going too fast, Steve. It's just that they, they let the horses out of the barn and they didn't put up the fencing, and it, it's just everywhere right now, and it is crazy, and it's exactly Absolutely. what you talked about earlier. Like, you know, you look at this year, you look at, at people with, you know, a cupcake schedule, and then you look at people without one, and there's not really anything you can do about it. Right.
0: There's no incentive. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's different. It, the whole thing is different, and that's why I think we might be headed toward collective bargaining. Uh, when it's yeah. all said it
3: and done, oh, we're we're close. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I and, do and You know what? Ask...
3: Probably a good thing. It's probably a good thing, right? I mean, if you have protections and rights for the coaches, for the athletic directors, for the strength trainers, for all the people that work around the organization, right? Then you should have collective bargaining for the players, and then also for the the students that work at the team, because yeah. the teams don't go where they go without.
0: Students. That's right.
3: And there's a lot of them, and they have very little protection, right? And they should for an organization. that There's plenty of money being made.
0: I do have to ask you one quick side question. It's about Live Golf. They obviously have the gigantic star power. The PGA Tour still at least has the name behind it. Why am I sensing that this merger, which is going around in a circle, that there in some ways is Live starting to pass out the PGA Tour, despite the contracts, the PGA Tour has.
3: You know, uh, uh, personal thought and then business thought on it. So, I attended my first Live event. Um, so, so we had a gentleman who worked here for seven years, who was very close to us, he's family, and he got offered a position at Live two years ago, and right. most people couldn't take that job two years ago because it was too poisonous, right? It was it was seen as selling out, right. but. He was so well embedded in us, and we loved him so much that we. I just said, "Hey, look, you can go do it because if it doesn't work out, you can come back here. You have, you have a safety net that other people don't. So go try it. See if this is going to take off." And so we've been in contact quite a bit about what's happened between the PGA Tour and Live. Um, You know, at some of the early tournaments, the PGA Tour was paying to fly protesters to the Live tournaments, like things like that. Um, What's been really interesting to watch has been you know, the, the sentiment has changed amongst the players. We've seen Rory backtrack significantly. Um, we've seen, you know, yesterday with Taylor Gooch, who I don't know if the listeners know, but Taylor Gooch is, he's the guy who won the live tour last year. and He's now not eligible for the masters and, and people are starting to say, I think he probably should be. I mean, he just won yes. a, in a season with, you know, DJ and all these other monsters on tour with him and he beat yeah. all of them. And, and, you know, a lot of these live guys finished in the top 10 last year at the masters. Um, the events are starting to sell a lot better. Um, yeah. I, I think there's some things that they have to figure out. But Steve, I went to an event myself and I think it's the future of golf. I didn't think yes. that before I went in Las Vegas mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl, but it's five hours. There's music. The kids are going to like this better. Period. Mm-hmm. It is it is fun. There's always something going on. There's there's, you know, an environment day. On a certain hole, they have walk-up music, and they announce the guys, like it's a baseball. And they play the music (laughs) while the guys are hitting their their shots into the Par 3s. And and the problem the PGA Tour is running into is, like, their whole argument was, and we love the PGA Tour, but the problem was, their their whole argument was, you're taking blood money, right? This is sport washing. But now the PGA Tour is, is flirting with taking money from the PIF. How is that any different? It isn't. Right? If your claim is you're using blood money, so now we're going to go get blood money and fight you back, well, you just took that card off the table. And the hard part about the tour is a lot of the things that they scoffed at early, you know, changes to payouts, changes to format, that sort of thing, they're now adapting. And so we've seen this before. You and I are old enough. We saw this with the USFL. Yes. Right. This this is not news. Like this, you know. There's things that came up in in the in the ABA that the NBA adopted. Um, I just don't know, Steve. It's it's they've got better players now, and what they've done is they basically said, "Here's the PGA Tour's model. Our model is going to be more like F1 slash Soccer. We're just going to pay for the superstars, and we're going to build the team thing. They're very uh, they're very aggressive about it. I don't I don't get it, but Look, I'm not their target audience, but um, I can tell you from being at the events and from seeing what's happening with some of these events that it is sticking, and they are around, and they're not going anywhere. Uh, and I'm curious to see Anthony Kim play again. I don't know about you, but yes, you I want it. to see what he's got left.
0: Yep, me too. And that's and, and Gooch made over 40 million last year. He never would have made yeah. that in the PGA Tour.
3: Never. He made seven point three on the PGA Tour. Right? In the end, I get it. If the the argument is, I can't play for blood money, and and, and, okay, I'll never judge anybody for that. That, That's fair, right? But the PGA Tour has 23 major sponsors who do significant business in Saudi Arabia. Yep. So what's the difference? It's still the same money. From from what I know, they're not taking the money from those sponsors and putting it in a side pool and saying, Steve, if you don't feel comfortable taking this money, we're just going to take it out of the prize pool right it's you you can't get a little bit pregnant here right Right. you're either doing it or you're not right and so i I hate to say it but you know probably shouldn't admit it but when Liv first started um and our our troy who was our guy hadn't moved over there yet um we had a meeting with our executive team and i sat down and said hey we should really figure out what we're going to do about Liv, um because eventually this is going to come into our purview and one of our Generals laughed and he said, Uh, you're a little late, Tony. We signed a contract with him two months ago to do this eventually. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I guess Uh, I guess we're I guess we're we're doing business with him. So um, but it's it's a great um it's a great observation by you because you're not the only one seeing it and the players are seeing it too.
0: My friend, always, always a pleasure. Uh We'll talk again next month because I can't keep going like yes. two, three months without talking to you. Please. Absolutely. Please. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate you.
3: Thank you. Have a great week.
0: The great Tony Knopp, Jody Mack, next half hour. We'll talk about Eagles free agency. And what they should be looking at. Um, the suit, meanwhile, is watching the combine. Why beats work? Okay, what was he doing?
1: (laughs) The lunch combined.